Good day, good people. Good day, good day, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. And today we're in the Red Studio. We are driving across the great and beautiful state of Iowa. We are surrounded by Iowa cornfields, which in the middle of winter have snow on the edges and absolutely no corn in them anywhere to be seen. Iowa may be where the tall corn grows, but not in the winter. Which unfortunately means it's being winter. You cannot grow food in Iowa or where we live in North Missouri. You can't grow any food. You just can't grow any green crops at all in the winter. And that's a shame. He's baiting me. I am. He's baiting me. He knows this, is this isn't true. She doesn't know what the topic uh, is. But, but she sniffed it out. She sniffed it out. 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 Yeah. She just figured it out. Sprouting. Well, it, it would be a little bit more um, surprising to her had we not just yesterday gone to our, one of our favorite um, alternative stores. Uh, this one, Mennonite Run. Yeah, Mennonite store. We'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, a uh, bulk store and bought a bunch of seeds. We're going to grow a crop in the winter. How can that be? Sprouting. Sprouting. Now, two things here. One, we're not talking about giant volumes of food. And the food you get is not high-calorie stuff. We're not talking about food to sustain your caloric needs. We're talking about if it's in the middle of winter and you're trying to live off that um, stored stuff from the shelves, chili in 55 varieties, blah, blah, blah. You can be extremely comforted by the presence of something fresh and green and, frankly, also bursting with vitamins and minerals. It's very nutritious stuff. Organically grown. For what it is. Well, sure, it's naturally organically grown. There's no point in applying either fertilizer or pesticides to the sprouts. The basic idea here is sprouting seeds for things that send up lots of little shoots that are tasty. And eating the little shoots while they're still tiny little guys with their very first leaves coming out. Cotyledons, if we want to go all science talk on it. Now, here's here's the funky thing about sprouts is there's all kinds of different sprouts, but some of these sprouts are for uh, types of plants that you would not eat otherwise. Like alfalfa is one of our favorite sprouts. Oh, I love alfalfa sprouts. But, but you, wouldn't eat, you wouldn't eat a field of alfalfa grass. We can't get calories from the grown alfalfa plant because most of the calories are in a type of carbohydrate we can't break down. So you feed it to grazing animals and then if you wish you can eat the grazing animals but they can get calories out of it we really can't but the stuff that's in the seed is another thing entirely because in that seed what the uh, mother plant has done there has packed everything that little bitty embryo is going to need for its first week or so of life it's got all the minerals in there that that baby plant is going to need to establish itself it's got enough carbohydrate stores for the little plant to live off of until it can get itself a couple of leaves out and start doing photosynthesis to make its own. It's got a bunch of essential nutrients that are important for building important kinds of molecules that 
the baby plant's going to need to make a good start. Everything you need to make a good start in your first week of life has to be packed there in that little bitty tiny seed. And then the sprout is all that stuff, plus some more that the plant makes in its first few days of life, and a bunch of water. And while those nutrients are all there for that plant, and that's everything it has to live on, for us, they become micronutrients. Nom, 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 right? Yeah. Your body says we need nom, these. nom, nom. Even though they, they taste good. Don't get me wrong. Micronutrients are things you absolutely need to run your physiology well, but you only need them in very small quantities, which means you can get a useful amount of them from a handful of sprouts. And frankly, there's some of those that you can't really get any other way than fresh greenies. And fresh- a lot of them are delicate molecules that don't preserve well. And so this is your... So basically what we're talking about, and this is going to be a short little podcast because, you know, sprouting is something that we've done for years. Um, but it's also, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, the thing Quite is, simple. and we do it not just because, oh, this is these are great things to have in storage in case, you know, the world goes all Mad Max. We do it because... I'm eating them. Yeah, and you go to the grocery store, you can buy sprouts at the grocery store, but you're going to pay out the nose for them. Those are really expensive, and they're a lot more likely to be bacterially contaminated than what you grow at home, guys. That's right. You want to talk about, you know, we've been hearing so much in the news lately about, uh, you know, E. coli and bacterial contamination of foods. You're not going to get any of that with these sprouts because they've never been in contact with any of that stuff. So the basic way I do this, we actually... He actually, he's the shopper, sprung for a couple of little plastic sprouting trays, which are basically just rectangular trays with a mesh in it that is uh, fine enough to let water through, but not to let seeds fall through. And there's a couple of them so they can stack. And that way I can put them, I actually put them inside my dehydrator when I'm not using my dehydrator to dry things. Yeah, we got one of those, I forget the name of the thing, Dyson, Dysart, whatever they are. I forget the name. Yeah. It's a black dehydrator, big tray dehydrator. Electric. I think Dysart is the right name. But you stick it in the uh, stick it in the dehydrator, and then you close the cover on it, and they, they're in the dark, which they like. They like the dark. Yeah, and they're someplace where they won't get crushed. And you take them out. The uh, basic plan is you take just a couple tablespoons of sprouting seed in each one of these trays, and each tray is about, oh, nine by, um, nine. Nine, by nine inches couple tablespoons of seed in there. Take the little water sprayer from the sink. If you don't have a sprayer, you can apply it other ways. It doesn't really matter. Uh, get the things uh, nice and wet. Then you uh, hold the tray up at a little bit of an angle to let most of the water run out. So it's just the seeds have been damped, but they're not standing in water. That's an important consideration because they'll rot if they stand in the water. Right. These trays all have, have holes in the bottom that's holy enough to let the water go through, but it will not let the seeds fall through, even those little tiny alfalfa seeds, because some of these seeds are really small. Yeah. And just a couple tablespoons of seed is all you need in a 9 by 9 You moisten them twice a day. You get the excess water off them, but leave them moist. You stick them in the dark. After about, uh, it depends a little bit on the seed type, but about a week, they have put up these uh, little white shoots and they've got little, the first two cotyledons, the first little 
leaves that are pre-programmed by the plant that are made from the stored seed stuff puts out those first two little leaves they come out pale and uh, not very green yet you set them in the uh, where they can get some light for one day so they start building chlorophyll and it jumps the nutrient content quite a bit and also makes them prettier and tastier and then you're ready to eat them now one thing that she'll do she'll leave a note um for me because she leaves generally earlier than I get up. She'll leave a note for you. Please be a friend of Sprouts. A friend to Sprouts. Be the friend to Sprouts. Is inviting him to water the Sprouts because... If I come home for lunch, which sometimes... Yeah. They really only need to be done twice a day, but sometimes I leave pretty early in the morning and I might not be back till pretty late at night, so the Sprouts could use a friend somewhere in between. They don't like to dry out entirely but you do have to kind of watch it when you go ahead and spray them you do have to kind of knock the water out of the bottom of the track because you don't really want to leave them standing in water and even though there's holes in the bottom you still get that that tension in the water yeah the water tension holds it in so i I hold the tray at a tilt and then i touch a finger to the bottom at one spot it's like touching the underside of a tent wall where it wasn't leaking it'll immediately start running through and leaking yeah don't do that yeah don't do that Uh, But if it's a sprout tray you're trying to drain, it's a great way to uh, give the water tension. The water that gets on your finger first kind of pulls the other water molecules after it. And that will run out all the excess water. When it stops dripping, you just put them in. Easy thing to do. And I get more than two full packed quarts of sprouts out of those two 9 by 9 trays. And a total of four tablespoons of seed. And that's as much as we can eat in the time before it goes bad. Right, and not only that, um, but if you look at the cost of that at a store... Oh, yeah, that's like 10 bucks worth. And how much is the seed? 50 cents? Oh, way less than 50 cents. Sprouting seed is fairly expensive, but it goes a very long way because you're only using a tablespoon or two at a time per 9x9 per nine nine tray. Okay, now you're ready for some caveats? We got caveats. Sure. Sprouts are delicious. And you know who also loves to eat sprouts? Bunnies. Mice. Mice. If you have a mouse problem, which we never have had in our house until last year we had some mice get in. Now we have now we have cats outside. Yes. So we kinda of fixed our mouse problem. We started inviting the feral cats to by visit our porch. The feral cats to live around us. And has, yeah, because you know, in Fix the, the mouse problem. they'll come in. It's a miracle we haven't had them before then. But mice will eat sprouts. Just letting you know. So yeah, they ate all my sprouting seed that year. I wasn't sprouting any at the time, but they they, they do it. You know they would. You watch their little twitchy noses. But you, you can you know the deal about that. You can make uh, adjustments. Just put them in a mouse fruit container, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, another one is different seeds have different flavors. Things that make stronger flavored products, like radishes, make spicier sprouts. And you might like that. You might not like that. Salty doesn't much. So we mostly make alfalfa sprouts is what goes on top of his chili and uh, And things like that. Here's one good thing. If you have a really picky eater, and I can be really picky, but you could take these sprouts and just sprinkle them into the chili or whatever else you've got. And the person will never even know they're there. Yeah, they uh, don't have that strong of a wilt flavor. down so fast when they're 
well, they're always fresh. They wilt down so fast when you put them in something hot that their texture isn't bothersome. And, and uh, they have a, they have a very mild taste if you pick the uh, mild things like alfalfa. And especially if you're putting in something with a strong taste like a chili or something like that. And you can get a lot of green goodness into a dish that a picky eater will still eat because they don't even realize they're there. Or if they do, they just, oh, yeah, it's just a spice. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and people with other kinds of tastes often appreciate the um, color and texture change of sprinkling fresh sprouts on top of a bowl of soup or chili or pasta dish or something like that. A green accent on top, it gives a little bit of a crunch. It's got a little bit of a temperature difference because it's hot food and you just put some uh, cool sprouts on top. And a lot of people find that makes stored food much more appealing because it has a much fresher taste and look to it. If you add the sprouts. Also, another thing, if you have a, if you know you're going to be going to a uh, carry-in dinner, that's what we call them in the Midwest. I don't know, call them elsewhere. A carry-in dinner where you're supposed to carry in some potlucks or common names. Yeah, something like that. Sprouts that you sprout yourself make a really great uh, thing to take. Uh, I think you should maybe use one of those bowls where you got like the, the, Three or four little uh, relish trays. Yeah, relish tray or something like that. It's got three or four little places, nooks to put stuff. And I would label them because, you know, a lot of people don't like to eat what they don't know what they are. But I would label them like uh, alfalfa sprouts, bean sprouts, whatever. Yeah. Bean sprouts are thicker and more robust. So if you're going for the crunch, those are nice. I find the sprouting efficiency of bean sprouts is not as good as for these smaller seeds. If you want something that adds a little bit of a, a spice and an interesting taste change, like I often like for salads that are based off spinach or something like that, things like a radish, sprouts are good for that. So you get something different from different things. I, I like I prefer the smaller seeds and a lot of mild stuff, but a little bit of radish or broccoli or stuff thrown in for a, a flavor kick. Yeah, bro- bro- broccoli's not bad. Radish is too strong for me. Yeah, I keep the radishes separate. So I put a sprinkle on my salads and a lot more of things like alfalfa. Or on my sandwiches. They actually substitute very nicely for lettuce, lettuce and sandwiches. They make a sandwich much more filling and more robust feeling. So I'm not as big a fan on the sandwiches as yeah. she is. If food is limiting for whatever reason, and one sandwich is all you're going to get, and it's not really going to feel like enough, it'll feel like more if you put a big pile of sprouts on it. Plus, it's going to really boost the nutritional value of that sandwich. I mean, these are really, really good quality foods that that we're adding here. And they're freshly grown in the middle of winter. Come on. You're not going to grow up. What else are you going to grow in the middle of winter? And frankly, when I have had a lot of sprouts and no other greens around in the winter, I've made salads just out of the sprouts, mostly based off the milder types, but then throwing in some spicier ones. A uh, little salad dressing, some other stuff if you if you want to put in there. But again, it's bulk, it's micronutrients, it's a change of taste, it's more filling, it's fiber for very little work, very cheap doesn't require electricity to run. It's a nice winter solution. 
and we should we should try an experiment because I want to try an experiment. I just thought of the experiment. We should try it now, and we can maybe report back next year. Okay. Uh, how about we get a small package of sprouts and put it in the in the freezer and freeze them and wait a year and then see how well they germinate. Sprout seeds, sure. I should do fine. I'm thinking. I've left them out of the freezer for a year and had them be fine. Well, my I don't want to do, wait for five years to to report back. If if they survive a year, they'll survive five years because they're not going to deteriorate at all in the freezer. It's not going to happen. In the freezer, yeah. I haven't frozen any. I've left them at room temperature for a full year. I want to try and and, uh, freeze them. Now, you can buy sprout seeds in many different ways. One of the ways that if I were going to buy storage sprout seeds, I would go ahead and buy them in the bottle, in the plastic bottle with the seal on it. Because keeping them away from oxygen is, is probably a pretty... Pretty important yeah. thing. Ziplocs are good too. Term storage, but uh, for just a little while, God wouldn't worry about it. We buy ours in bulk out of the little bags. Yeah, and they are originally vacuum sealed. Right, but we buy ours. Yeah, you know, we buy ours. Yeah, from people who do sprouting all winter long. Um, so. By the way, I have made an experiment before. You don't have to buy the sprout seeds. I've let some of my radishes go to seed and collected those and used those to make sprouts throughout the next winter. I've let uh, one of my broccoli plants go to seed and collected some of those. Have you tried that? The sprouting efficiency was not as high as the expensive sprouting seed I bought, but it's not hard to collect a whole bunch of radish seeds, and a little bit of inefficiency is not a problem. What um, Have you tried the... Uh, uh Alfalfa seeds? I don't grow my own alfalfa, so no, I haven't collected my own alfalfa seeds. Maybe we want to try that, just out of curiosity. Yeah, the only thing I use alfalfa for is as a soil stabilizer. I've used it at the place. But then I didn't go around and collect seed, and even if I wanted to, the deer probably would have beat me to it. And uh, sometimes I use it as a green cover crop in the garden. I'll throw some of that on there. Late in the season, after everything else is gone, just to add some nutrients to the soil. Well, I was actually thinking about for redoing sprouting. To be honest with you, it makes sense. I just haven't ever grown alfalfa to adulthood and tried to collect seed from it. Considering how it grows, it would be harder to collect seed from alfalfa than from radishes and and uh, broccoli, I imagine, because yeah. the seed heads are smaller and more distributed. It's not hard at all from radishes. You let them, you let the radish go to seed. You let it go ahead and dry. When it looks like it's ready to fall off, you just put a big plastic container underneath it. Rub all that stuff in your hands to break up the seed pods. It rains the seeds down. Yeah. Then I actually did the old uh, blow the chaff away thing, where you you put it in front of a fan or in front of your big blowy face. And uh, pour the stuff oh, out yeah. while you're blowing, and the light stuff blows away, and the seed falls into the container below. Wait, wait, That's wait, how wait, I cleaned wait. it. Well, you just said my big blowy face. Yeah. My, put it in front of my big blowy face. What are you saying to me? I'm saying you puff up your cheeks and make like you're blowing a trumpet, and pour the stream of seed and chaff in front of your face, and the chaff blows away, and the seed is is more dense, so it falls faster. 
in the okay. air? Less as, air resistance? I, my caveat for today is, as a brass player, I'm going to have to correct you. You don't puff up your cheeks when you blow a trumpet. I know there's one very famous person who did, but that's horrible. That's right. They were supposed to be doing a Louis Armstrong impression. There's horrible embouchure involved in puffing your cheeks. Do not puff your cheeks. I wondered if that would trick his trigger. up your embouchure. Okay. Now that we've got past that issue. Okay for clearing chaff, however. I thought the visual image would be helpful. I want a fire truck. There's a big fire truck sitting over there. I want one. Oh, it's for sale, too. It is for sale. That's not really the truck I want, though. I don't want one of those big ladder pumper trucks. Yeah, I want a pumper truck. Although, you know, for picking apples. Yeah, for picking apples, that'd be nice. So when we go drop 20 thou, so we can pick apples with a fire truck? Or you could buy dwarf apple trees in an apple picker, which costs 10 bucks. That might be a better plan. Mm, Sounds like it. Easier to park. Okay, what else do you have to say about sprouting sprouts? Once they have grown to the state where you're ready to eat them, they don't last very long, especially without refrigeration. So plan to eat them fairly fast. In the refrigerator, they're pretty good for about a week. Longer than that, they go south in a hurry. One good thing is they're pretty, once you figure out your growing season, they're pretty consistent. They, They grow based upon the heat and the amount of, Sunshine, yeah, if finishing, the temperature is consistent. Um, you, they slow in the cold. Yeah, so you've pretty much got an idea. Once you've grown a, your first crop, how long it's going to take. So you can pretty well plan that, okay, I'm going to need to start these. I'll be out of sprouts by Tuesday of next. You know, you, you can start so that you're... Yeah, I keep them rotating. Yeah. And we usually, or she usually rotates different flavors just so they're not all the same thing over and over again. But... I often actually grow mixes, too. So I'll put in a bunch of alfalfa. One tray is pretty much all alfalfa, so I can have a container of that that he won't object to eating. And the other tray, I'll put in some alfalfa and a little bit of radish and a little bit of broccoli and some other stuff. I'm not a big one on beans myself, but a lot of people like them. They actually make pre-made mixes of seeds, and we've never found them to be as, as good a... I think you're just better off getting your own individual seeds and mixing them yourself. Because that way you can get them to taste. And, yeah, the beans, we're, we're, neither one of us are really big bean sprout eaters. I mean, they're okay. Beans but. take longer, too, so you wouldn't want to put them in a mix with smaller seeds. That's one of the problems I ran into with the uh, commercial mixes yeah, I started they with. Do that. They do is, do that? Yeah, they had, some, they had some big old things like uh, garbanzo beans and some smaller beans or seeds like lentils and then some tiny things like alfalfa. Generally, the smaller the seed, the quicker it sprouts. Which, there are good biological reasons I won't trouble you with. You're welcome. But anyway, if you're mixing, mixing similar size seeds is probably about right. Okay. Anything else you want to add? They're good. And they're not just for the tree hugger set, guys. Don't let the stigma stop you. Don't tell me there's no stigma out there. I've heard it. I've seen it. It's not just hippie food. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to say goodbye to you, and you can go ahead and hang up the hang up the, the podcast, and you'll have heard the important stuff. Or, conversely, you could hang on for a couple minutes more 
for the addendum which we're going to put on where where she actually explains that little comment of little seeds and big seeds. But this is totally X-ray. You don't need to listen to this. This is just biological trivia, and she's dying. <laughs> which is free to she's the taking. Dying. Just spout <laughs> off about it. Spill the beans, Sprouts. Spill the beans, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to say goodbye, and you're going to be done with the podcast, unless you want to hear the extra scientific gobbledygook, which is going to be coming right after we say goodbye. Okay? So your choice, entirely up to you. We're going to hang it up right now. So Bye now. Bye-bye. Or hello now. Okay. Spill the beans. You know you want to. In the ecology of living things, there are a couple of different strategies you can choose from. You can make a whole bunch of little bitty offspring that are not very well provisioned, understand that most of them are going to die, and expect that a small percentage will survive and you'll still be successful. Or you can make a smaller amount of offspring. You can give each one a whole lot of care, which in the case of plants means provision in the seed. It's either have a whole bunch of baskets with a whole bunch of eggs, or put all your eggs in one basket, but really watch that basket. If a plant's making big seeds, it's provisioning each one a lot more fully than if they're making a whole bunch of little bitty seeds. So, for example, type 1, think dandelion. Dandelion makes all these little bitty seeds, and they just fly away, and they're done. Type 1. I'm, I'm so proud of him for recognizing the... Hmm? Or was it just luck you were calling it Type 1, when that is the actual name of that reproductive strategy? <laughs> no, it's the fact that you're not married to a dunce. I thought so. That's why I was saying I was proud of you for knowing that. Off the top of your head at the moment. And we think apples are good? Apples are pretty much along the Type 3 line. Yeah. As plants go. Plants don't go as far along that as, say, people go ahead, go and ahead elephants. Go ahead and tell them the types. Go right ahead. Type 1 is don't put all your eggs in one basket. A lot of them will die. You expect some of them will survive. Grasses follow this that make a whole bunch of little bitty tiny seeds. Alfalfa sprouts come from this type of seed. Dandelions are my favorite, though. Since each seed That's is what I small. Remember, yeah. I remember dandelions. Since each seed is very small, they don't have many, much energy reserves. They put out little shoots, they get them out quick, and they expect to start photosynthesis right away. So they are the shortest start-to-eat sprout. And they also have the shortest survival after that, and they are least likely to survive it if you are not a friend to sprouts and let them dry out. On the other hand... Type 3 reproductive strategy is where you put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. Smaller number of individual attempts, which means smaller number of seeds, but each seed is bigger, each seed is better provisioned. These guys are better competitors. They can outlast the competition because they've got a lot more internal reserves to rely on before they have to depend on their own photosynthesis and soil collection to feed them. So they're better at surviving bad conditions because they've got internal reserves. What they're going to do is spend a lot more time building root before they put up very much in the way of shoot, and it's the shoot we want to eat. So they're closer to two weeks before they make a good edible sprout. 
the sprouts last for another two weeks after you pick them if you put them in the fridge and take care of them well they uh, last longer they're bigger sprouts they've got more crunch one is not particularly more nutritious than the other as a group if you're wondering what happened to type two they are defense hitters who kind of make some attempt at satisfying both means they don't they're jack of all trades and masters of none and actually radish seeds are pretty much in that category as far as the sprouting seeds go a little bit longer to sprout than grass seeds quite a bit faster than beans they're rare okay so there you have it the blurtation is done she's feeling much better she's she's relaxed now She's breathing more calmly and securely, <laughs> knowing that she has fulfilled her mission for today of teaching some type of biological something or other. She can relax. <laughs> like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later.